Welcome everyone back to another episode of Awake Not Baked. Today I have a very, very special guest. He's my little brother, <laughs> Mark. Mark is 20... 20. 20. Mm-hmm. Well done. <laughs> um, Mark is 20 and I really wanted to have him on the podcast because he's super interesting in that he's very different to me and that makes for much better conversation Mm. um, because we see things very differently. You've been super good at removing other people's interpretations to try and get like the absolute empirical truth and stuff yeah like i've noticed because our mom Mm. loves like looking into alternative ways of like getting news Mm -hmm. but you're good at like both with alternative news that she gives us but also with like mainstream news outlets you're really good at analyzing them and like removing all of the the fluff and the way i noticed you doing it Mm. was you would look at the sources of every article that we read. Yeah. And then you would like look into those sources and whatever. And you would almost treat like a news article, like, like an academic analysis to make, to like make sure that your understanding of that and the information that you're receiving and taking as truth is as, um, removed from anyone else's opinions as possible mm-hmm. which i really really like and i really like your your outlook on like trying to read news on a daily basis with a more like critical lens because no matter where you get your news from there's always going to be a little bit of like opinion from that person um that that's writing the, the article or like wherever it's coming from there's always going to be some sort of not necessarily agenda but that person's emotions or that person's interpretation is going to already be there when you're receiving the information Mm -hmm. so i like that you're like you've i've always seen you like try and peel off that that layer and try to get to the to the base layer um and i I don't think i see enough people doing that like being more critical with their day-to-day intake of information and even i'm not like i'm so bad at this stuff like i still remember like because my tiktok like algorithm (laughs) is like perfected for my fascination (laughs) towards like conspiracy theories and all this stuff yeah and i remember sending you (laughs) i remember sending you this like thing that was talking about oh yeah we were talking about um music music frequencies frequencies, and it is true that um music frequency like the the frequency of music used to be 432 hertz for some reason and apparently that was like hearing that level that that frequency for the human body was some like beneficial in some way Mm -hmm. I, i don't know what and now we're at like 420 or something. I don't know. 440. 440. Yeah. And there was an explanation for that. But like the whole explanation was complete bullshit. But it was like on purpose 
bullshit. And it was like, yeah, like Harvard, Yale, and like Keith Richards like collaborated to like make sure that like the music <laughs> we listened to was 440 and not 432 hertz. Yeah. And I sent it to you and I was like, oh my God, Mark, like, look at this. Isn't this crazy? And you're like, Anna, like Keith Richards, like, do you know who that is? Like, there's no way he was involved in this at all. Like, what are you talking about? Um, so yeah, like I definitely don't do what you do, but I feel like, especially with the exposure of news that we get from social media, it's so important to just like be a little bit more critical. Mm-hmm. And when we get like, when, uh, when you were showing me something from the Instagram app puberty, yeah, I was like, the, the bio for puberty was like your favorite outlet for news and entertainment or something. Mm-hmm. And that made me think "Mm, that's pretty dangerous because, and it's weird that so many thing channels that we see are both news and entertainment. So even like Jimmy Kimmel will talk about the news as well as like interviewing people in a comedic way. Um, I love this topic by the way. Yeah. But like news and entertainment together, like on the surface that's like a more fun way of learning about the world Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like if there's an agenda for entertaining people then surely we need to be a little bit more critical of the information that we're receiving because it's going to be interpreted or presented in a way that's more um, entertaining and more more digestible for people yeah and it's not going to be, it's naturally just not going to be as real. I don't know. I, that's, I love this topic so much because a lot of um, podcast listening that I've done recently has related yeah. to this. But something that I always do when I'm reading the news is look for the red flags and embrace them. Yeah. So as soon as you, you see something you don't dis- you disagree with, I think that's an invitation for you to read it and yeah. not an invitation for you to not read it. Yeah. Whereas um, the thing we see in America a lot, and that's what I noticed, was that the news channels are extremely, uh, they 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 create their content based on their audience. Yeah. And so, you know, we have CNN, whose audience is mainly left wing, and Fox News is typically quite right leaning. And, um, but what's interesting is there was a study that I w- that came to light, I was listening to this professor of neuroscience from Stanford University, Andrew Huberman, mm-hmm. and he said that there are increased levels of, uh, there's heightened levels of dopamine release when people interact with information that aligns with their pre-existing values. So in a way, we, so we have a tendency to self-perpetuate our own belief systems just because that's how our body naturally reacts to reading something. We yeah. actually get, we feel good. That's from so reading interesting. So what I suspect is your initial kind of bodily response to reading that article about music yeah. was, yeah, this is exactly what I believe in, you know, rightly so. Yeah. But it, it, <laughs> it kind of blurred your vision to see like the obvious satirical yeah. Yeah. Uh, comments in the, in the thing, yeah. you know. Yeah, literally. Like I was like, <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like there's something weird about it. Yeah, but you even, I think if you knew who Keith Richards was... I did, but I just, I, but this is what, you're right. Like, I knew who Keith Richards was, Mm. but I didn't even think about it. Like, I didn't even, (laughs) like, the red flag was just not there because I was just like, yeah, like, it just makes sense. Like, 
if there's some sort of change in frequency, like there must be a bigger agenda. And like, I love it. It's so interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So I think we just have to be careful and stay in a sort of observer mode. Yeah. When we're when we're reading anything. Yeah. Because even like news outlets like CNN or BBC or whatever, they have TikTok channels and Instagram channels where Mm -hmm. they give you news in bite-sized like portions so and also those media outlets are used because they're catering towards the younger generations who because they're using social media so much have a way shorter attention span um so everything is naturally going to be like filtered down to the absolute basic and that the without the nuance that is given in like actual art news articles yeah compared to like tiktoks you remove so much of what is meant like the information that completes the whole the whole message it's just like one piece of the puzzle yeah so i mean i don't have like a tangible solution because we're all really busy and it's hard to like say oh we all need to just like be super like academic with the way we interpret things mm-hmm. and the, the information that we receive on a day-to-day basis because we don't have the time for that but i think at least to just be aware that if you're like receiving information from tiktok or whatever or from a channel that's both entertainment and news things like that like if you understand these nuances and how the information that you're receiving is going to differ then at least you're not going to take everything at face value. Yeah. And I think that's what's important. Yeah. I think we can't change the way that we consume information, but we we can only kind of understand how it might affect us. Yeah. Um, because I think that most of the information out there that is very reputable and has many sources and cites lots of different things are things like academic journals, which people don't read no. on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah. You know, unless you're like very into that kind of thing. Yeah. But so we need to understand that what we're reading is, you know, entertainment first yeah. and foremost and information secondarily. You know, yeah. it's like not. Yeah, that's true. It probably is first and foremost. Yeah. And after all, that's. I suppose they, they need to make money. They yeah. need to grab people. Yeah. You know? And that is how you grab people's attentions yeah. when something is entertaining. Yeah. That actually reminds me. That actually makes me think about how news in general tends to be quite negative focused. Hmm. And obviously, if something bad in the world happens, like we should know about it. Yeah. And you know, it is our human right to be aware of things like that happening. They're really important bits of information to know. But I do think that the fact that, like, the news is so negative or... I don't know how to phrase this. Like, obviously, the tragedies that happen around the world are important to to know for us but there is also like the the flip side to the coin is that news outlets will get more money off of posting negative stories because Mm. more people are going to read that there's something weird about how people find it more entertaining 
when there's something like dramatic and negative yeah i've always i've always been curious because when it comes to these basic emotions of love and hate Mm -hmm. i feel like love is the more benevolent one is the more probably um more magnetic emotion you know more lots of people are are drawn to love but negative things people are equally drawn to and that's always baffled me um but i feel like in switzerland you don't hear about someone down the road who was stabbed whereas you do in england you know yeah like where is the line like how many people need to be killed for you to know about it you know? yeah um because if you that's true if you, you don't some things you don't need to know every yeah. single thing and there's a, there's an air of whenever i come to switzerland i don't have to read about people getting shot and stabbed and killed yeah and i can kind of just relax and it's everything just seems so peaceful even though it might not be yeah it the the impression we get yeah i think and everyone acts according to what they see yeah and i, I don't want to say that that like someone getting killed or someone getting raped mm. isn't worthy of my attention mm-hmm. but i think everything should be in balance in that we also deserve to hear about the good things that happen in the world yeah and feel uplifted and feel more motivated to contribute to a better world when we have more faith in it and obviously like some people might say oh well if these things are happening in the world you can't just be ignorant and like choose not to to take it in but i think there is a like a certain level that you need to understand and then beyond that like there should be space for also positive things like mm-hmm. everything should be in balance i think i don't know yeah but it's just how we get there mm-hmm. you know because then we're talking about lots of people who have to think the same way as us yeah or in a similar way as us to to benefit from the news you mm-hmm. know because maybe we are inherently drawn to negativity i don't know I guess the other way to look at it is when you are aware of all the negative hap- things happening in the world, then you're also aware of how to improve the world. Mm. Whereas if you only know the good stuff, then there's nothing to do. You know, it's just like. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but when we were talking about news being on TikToks and how the younger generation has more no when the young how the younger generation has a much smaller attention span uh it made me think about overstimulation in like the younger generation and today's culture Mm -hmm. and i do feel like we are so overloaded with so much information these days that we're completely overstimulated and it kind of causes us to be more distracted and put our focus less on more important things But I said this to you the other day and you were talking about how you think that in previous generations, sustaining a long term marriage was much easier because there was less like outside stimulation. Do you want to talk about that a bit? Yeah. Um, There is this one comedian who who articulated it really well. I've forgotten his name, an American comedian, but what he basically said in this kind of joke was that 
now that we have the internet, we have the access to, to just eternal information. It seems yeah. like if you ask me, when was Tom Cruise born? I could give you the answer in two seconds, yeah. you know? Whereas if you'd asked me 50 years ago, <laughs> um, um, the same question, I would be searching and I'm, I'd be searching and searching, you know, I'd ask this person, I'd ask that person, I'd read this book. Yeah. And then I'd finally get that information and then this wave of euphoria passed through me. And Yeah, that's true. And, you know, um, and that, that would be my pleasure, you know? Mm-hmm. And dopamine, I think, is this key hormone that I've been getting really into. Yeah. Like the past few months. But it's not so much... Um, a pleasure hormone it's a it's a reward for um um what's the word i'm looking for um it's like a seeking reward it's the okay. reward for making the effort to do something yeah about something mm-hmm. there's a better word but it's just not coming into my head right now yeah um so when we're when we're consuming tiktok like watching a TikTok video is associated with like a high spike of dopamine. And when your dopamine levels spike, it, it, so, sorry, let me just give you some, <laughs> some backstory. So dopamine is usually on like a steady baseline level. Yeah. It's constantly running through your, your, your endocrine system. And then when you watch like a video or eat a sweet or eat a chocolate, it will spike and then it will fall below baseline. So mm-hmm. you're actually, your baseline falls. And every time you do that, it falls lower and lower. Um, so when we're consuming constantly TikToks, you know, our baseline of dopamine goes down and every spike gets less and less. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to doing things that take a lot of effort, such as writing a book or going through a marriage, (laughs) these things just aren't rewarding to your body. Mm, That's so interesting. You know, uh, this fundamental kind of biology. Yeah. We are now, or the younger generation are not equipped to sustain themselves emotionally hormonally in anything that's long term which i think is kind of frightening yeah that's so crazy <laughs> i did not know that i mean i did but not to that understanding yeah yeah that's so crazy so like a lot of the things i was doing these past few months was just doing like a dopamine detox where I would just not go on my phone for like three days really, or do anything and just yeah. do, do things that required a lot of attention, like reading mm-hmm. books and things. I think doing that a few times, you know, maybe like once or twice a month is super useful to yeah. just reset your whole system. It's really healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the theme of my podcast is everything in moderation, everything mm-hmm. in balance and i feel like you really hit the nail on the head there but i've been so tempted to get a nokia brick because it just like frees yourself of so much obligation to like Mm -hmm. i don't know just like be attentive to like my friends instagrams and or you know reply to whatsapps like super quickly and whatever like when you just have a nokia brick no one expects anything of you you know you just you be present to your friends when you are really there, like in person, um, spending time with them. But other than that, like there's just so much less expectation from you. Yeah. And I feel like when you have a smartphone that can do anything, you're just expected, not expected, but it's assumed that you will always be available. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, 
Yeah. That's not nice. No. I always sometimes, always sometimes, I sometimes <laughs> feel quite obligated to my friends because they know that most people are ready to reply. And if I don't reply, then they might get a bit annoyed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I think not even phones, but just the way we're living is becoming this more convenient thing. Like, yeah. one of the, who is this? Uh, there's a comedian, an American, a Chinese American comedian who was also in Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. And you told oh, me about him. Oh, Aquafina or something. No, but the, the male one. Oh, oh, oh. I don't know. Anyway. There's another, I think he's, he's, he did this one joke about Amazon Prime and how it's just like, there's Prime tomorrow and then Prime today. Yeah. And he's like, I want Prime now. Give it to me now. Give me everything now. Yeah. You know? So it's like, we, we always want, we're wanting things more and more instantly. Immediately, yeah. And we never wait for things anymore. Yeah. So what's, you, you can see how our society is shaped towards just instantaneous. Yeah, instant gratification. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everything is needed now. And I feel like, and I said this on my last podcast, I think, last episode, but about how we don't appreciate and value anymore the process of getting to something, the journey of getting somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's all about the end goal when in reality or the the more beautiful way to look at things, the more fulfilling, satisfying way of looking at things is like the motion, the the process of getting to that thing. And when you have, when you, when everything is available immediately and when everything is super, super convenient, you're mm-hmm. removing like part of the joy of life of like that grind and like putting the work in to get somewhere, Yeah, you know, and to, to have something to attain something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really sad that we're forgetting about that joy. And like, yeah. even with me, like when I was at school or at uni, I would go through periods of being super lazy, procrastinating the whole time, mm-hmm. not doing any work. And I thought that was like making me happy and my life was like less stressful. But the minute I was like, right, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get like a really good score on this essay. Like I'm going to just like really work hard. Mm -hmm. The minute I commit to that and like go through the process of something being really difficult and then getting that like mark, like a high score because of what I did. It's just like nothing compares to that. So much greater. Yeah. Sitting on the sofa and like wasting your life away on TikTok does not compare to like enjoying like something being difficult like i like things being difficult now and i've again about changing my perspective i've rewired my like the way that i see things i've rewired like my brain to enjoy like the prospect of a challenge and something being possibly unattainable Mm -hmm. um and that makes me like way more excited about life in general so i think yeah i think you yesterday demonstrated a good shift towards less attainable forms of pleasure mm-hmm. and by attainable i mean like gratification um, yeah like there's a movement of, especially among young people towards more analog forms mm-hmm. of expression like film photography using film cameras um and listening to records which are all promote this thing of you know, you don't have much of it. So enjoy and enjoy each, you know, thing to its fullest. Like take every picture with a, with a sense of purpose and not yeah. waste. You know, listen to every song as part of this whole album, this whole record yeah. that's been collated by the artist. Yeah. And 
and really listen. And it's like people are slowing down because they're realizing how fast their lives have become. Yeah. You know, which I think is really nice. Yeah. Were you talking about the camera? Well, I was talking about the camera, but also, yeah, you you had your film camera yesterday, but also yeah. just like people listening to records and stuff. Yeah. Because so I got a disposable camera because I felt like whenever I did take pictures because I have access to a smartphone, I was always taking a million versions of the same scenery or the mm. same situation yeah. and that removed like the authenticity of the moment and yeah. so when I look back I see like a hundreds of the same version like different versions of the same thing yeah. and it's just so much more boring mm-hmm. whereas with a disposable camera you, you have a limit to how many cameras how many pictures you can take yeah so it's more it's about cheap either yeah it's more about getting that capturing that one moment yeah. rather than trying to make it perfect Mm-hmm. And again, like I've, I've spoken about this before, but like, why are we it, like trying to like chase perfection when there's something more wholesome and beautiful about something that's more authentic? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like having the disposable camera is like a good way for me to discipline myself and to not trying to chase perfection and trying to just like have a vessel to capture a moment. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, even what I said, like, to you, oh, this would have been so funny to have when I had my ski accident in Zermatt and, like, I mm-hmm. fell off the cliff. Like, obviously, that moment was shit. Like, <laughs> don't want to be there again. But when you came to find me and I was just, like, on the side of the cliff, like, crying, that would have just, like, obviously, in the moment, I'd be like, stop taking a picture of me. But, like, looking back, that would have been such a cute picture to have, you know? Just, like, <laughs> me just like the lowest at, at my lowest point yeah um that was like quite literally at the lowest point yeah literally <laughs> the bottom of the mountain <laughs> um yeah i like i like that we both agree about this instant gratification thing and i think trying many to people are starting to realize it yeah. yeah and even like you can see it even in things like cooking like yeah. with um hello fresh and things like that mm everything in our society right now is like pushing for more and more and more convenience. Mm -hmm. But we're like, it's stripping us away from the enjoyment of like the grind and like trying, trying harder with things and obviously picking out your own ingredients and finding a recipe or whatever. All of that is more effort. But why are we, so afraid of effort these days like effort is what makes us happier in the end it's what makes Mm -hmm. us feel more satisfied at the end result you know um the reason why we've evolved yeah as such an advanced species is because you know when we were very primal you know people would go out the whole day to hunt to find you know just one meal for the day yeah you know and that so much effort goes into doing that and we needed this sort of mental resilience to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But now that we've come so far, it's almost like we don't need all the, the functions in, that our bodies, the potential that our bodies hold. Yeah. But it's so powerful that why wouldn't we harness that? Yeah. Know? Yeah. Mental resilience is such a good point. Mm. And I, I think I'm going to do a whole episode on this about like um, athletes mindsets and things like that. Mm. But there's something I admire so much about athletes in that more than 
their skill and being that good at something it's about their mental resilience and achieving that level of like mental strength yeah when you're in like such a tough situation and under so much pressure to be able to just push through and continue and not give up and stay motivated and still believe in yourself and all of those things like that comes only from putting yourself through loads of difficult situations yeah and loads like situations which require effort and Mm so i think athletes are holding on to something that a lot of us no longer have yeah and that relates all the way back to what we were saying earlier about how it's harder for people to maintain marriages now because it's no longer as fruitful to Mm -hmm. like put work into something that's long term um and also with with marriage i feel like because of what social media shows us how it's always like a perfect version of people's relationships and then also with um, movies like hollywood rom-coms and whatever everything is boiled down into like an hour and a half two hours their whole like journey through a relationship mm-hmm. and it's usually a happy ending and yeah. you know it's you see it's a like false perception. yeah it's such a false perception yeah. you see like something perfect Mm -hmm. and you see like a long-term sorry a final product whereas with marriage there is no final product you know god i'm speaking like i've been married for (laughs) (laughs) but like there is no final product it's it's constantly like ups and downs and putting in effort and constant adjustment and constant compromise and constantly learning how to appreciate or how to see someone in a different way Mm -hmm. and what movies teach us is that there is like a sense of finality to something um and that like once you're in a relationship or once you get married like that's that's perfection and you know that person super well but like what i think what marriage will teach us is that you will never know that person and there's always going to be a new way or new way of understanding that person and that's the beauty of marriage that like or anything long term that there's always more to learn and yeah. we forget that part, that key aspect that like, we're never there. Like we're never at the finish line. Line. There's mm-hmm. always something else yeah. um, to, to discover. I think it's like a bit of a vicious cycle. Yeah. That society is in now. Because before movies, people's only understanding of marriage is what they experience through their parents. Yeah. And so they know the hardships the the ups and downs yeah and that's what they expected when they got into a new marriage mm-hmm. but now that th- that now that we see hollywood and its impact on marriage you know and it's and the increase of unhappy marriages and divorce and, and things which have broken up families and it's 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 terrible but people can no longer see what a real marriage is like mm-hmm. and or less people can see that and less people and more people see what the ideal marriage is that's yeah. portrayed by Hollywood. Yeah. And then it perpetuates the cycle. It's more and more people who don't understand what marriage is really about. Yeah. Which then leads to offspring who grow up seeing this distorted perception of yeah. what life is about. Yeah. You know? And it's just self-perpetuating. It's, yeah. It's not good. <laughs> it's so true. Um, that reminded me of something else. Let me think about it. Yeah, 
when you were saying about how people look to movies to compare, mm-hmm. um, I think as a society, we now are obsessed with comparing our own realities to other people's and that's completely amplified by social media as well where you can see your everyday people's lives rather than just like hollywood celebrities yeah it's much more masked as real uh, as reality whereas with a movie you can you know if you're actually thinking about it you're like okay this is just a movie yeah um with social media it's harder to like separate reality from a curated image Mm -hmm. and it's so dangerous like our tendency to compare everything because there is no ideal something like everything is different even families every family is different every marriage is different every relationship is different no one can tell you like what is ideal you know Mm -hmm. only you know through your own experiences what works for you and what makes you happy um and comparing just doesn't help anything and Comparing also like draws you away from appreciating what you do have because you're constantly trying to figure out what you're lacking. Yeah. Um, and what someone else's has has and, and what you don't have. Yeah. That's really interesting. I heard someone say this that I I don't know if that's I'd completely agree with, but they didn't like the idea of manifestation. Mm-hmm. Not that because they didn't think it worked, but because in writing down what you want your life to be all the time, you have this constant reminder of what your life isn't. Yeah. And what your life currently is, you mm-hmm. know, and you're always comparing it. But what I would say to that is, I think it's the way that you do activities like manifestation, journaling, yeah. and that kind of thing. It's the way you think about it that is the real power. It's yeah. Not the action itself. Yeah. Completely agree. Yeah. Well, I think that was such a good conversation. Thank you so, so much for coming on my podcast. I'm really grateful. Welcome. Um, And I know people will enjoy listening to this. I hope so. Um, If you guys are still listening, thanks so much for listening till the end. And thanks for listening to my brother. Hope that was interesting. Loved it see you guys next week please don't remember don't forget to subscribe and leave me a review it would help me a lot thank you bye bye bye